Before we jump into the episode today, I want to share something with you from my heart. First of all, thank you so much for listening to the podcast. I really can't tell you how much your support means to me. We've been doing the podcast now for almost four years. I can't even believe it. And I'm so grateful for each and every single one of you that listens, shares an episode with your friends, sends me a DM or a text message letting me know how an episode resonated with you or any aha moments. Seriously, I couldn't be more grateful to be able to create this podcast. It has been such a blessing in my life, and I love hearing the ways it's been able to provide value in yours as well. One thing you might not know is how much work it takes to be consistent with a podcast. In fact, did you know that the majority of podcasts don't make it past episode number 10? And we are well, 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 well beyond that. And it's just a lot thinking of the episodes, recording them, editing them, managing the guests, making sure that everything runs smoothly and gets uploaded consistently and regularly. And so that's why I have created an amazing opportunity for you to support the podcast monetarily. And in exchange for that, you will get exclusive premium subscriber content. So for as little as $3 a month, you can become a premium subscriber of the podcast. And every month I will upload new voice-guided workouts and breathwork meditation audio for you. So that way you can work out with me coaching you in your ears. You can also take a moment to reduce your stress and relax and come down and ground down with one of my breathwork audios. So if that is on your heart to support the podcast for as little as $3 a month to become a premium podcast subscriber, I can't tell you how much that means to me and the growth of this podcast. I appreciate you. If you're interested, Click the link in the description, become a premium podcast subscriber, new content every month, and while supplies last, I'll send you an exclusive podcast coffee mug so you can have your self-love and sweat coffee every morning. I appreciate you. Now let's get into the show. Welcome to Self-Love and Sweat, the podcast, the place where you'll get inspired to live your life unapologetically, embrace your perfect imperfections, break down barriers, and do what sets your soul on fire. I'm your host, London Souza. Hey friend, it's me, London Souza, online lifestyle transformation coach. I help people all over the world just like you who know they are meant for more, get their mind right and their body tight and go from crazy busy to crazy happy. And hey, if it's our first time meeting, welcome. So happy to have you. And if you've been with us for a while, it's so great that you're here too. I'm really excited to share this episode of the Self Love and Sweat podcast with you. Hey, I want to tell you quickly about two ways that you can get connected beyond the podcast to up-level your health, your life, your fitness, reach your goals, but also support the podcast as well. So the first option is our Self-Love and Sweat monthly members-only meetup. We meet up on the last Saturday of the month on Zoom for 90 minutes to cover some important topics, to answer your questions, and then to also do a workout together. It's a great way to have that 
that support, have that accountability, get supercharged and get reminded that there are other people all over the world on this journey of self-love and sweat and you don't have to do it alone. You can join your first month for only a dollar using code SELFLOVE1 at checkout and then it's $27 a month after that. So you go to lifelikelondon.com forward slash monthly, use the code SELFLOVE1 at checkout to try us out, test it out for only a dollar for your first month and then you can be on board to listen to the podcast, join up on the meetups and just really feel like you're connected and thriving on this journey to reach your goals. The second option is our Strong at Home for Women eight-week dumbbell-only workout plan. We have women all over the world getting stronger from the inside out right at home, right? So we're ready to take action to get stronger despite the circumstances of the world. And we know that we're not about to do that alone. So embark on this eight-week journey with us. You can go to lifelikelondon.com forward slash strong at home. You can pick up your eight-week plan. And the exciting thing is that every eight weeks, we open it up, myself and my co-coach, for VIP all-access coaching with us. So not only do you get the plan, but you get Zoom fireside chats with us. You get an exclusive way to chat with us anytime so you can ask your questions, share your progress. Um, And we're always continuing to stay connected and motivate and inspire each other on our journey to get stronger, no matter what that means for us. So if you know that you're meant for more, you're ready to get stronger from the inside out, and you're just like, yes, I need a plan and some structure, something to tell me what to do. I know I'm ready, but I need that coaching. I can't do it alone. We are here for you. You can go to lifelikelondon.com forward slash strong at home, pick up the plan, figure out when our next VIP all access registration is opening so you can get that support and guidance. And the third thing, I said there was two, but the third thing is you can do both. You can join us for those monthly meetups. You can be there for the eight week program. You know, this coaching and this support is here for you. We want to get you real results that last so you never have to start over again. And so you guys are awesome. Enjoy this episode. Get connected. Self-love and sweat, friends. Billy Palladino King is a Bay Area native and entrepreneur whose passion for health and wellness has influenced thousands of lives all over the world. From his time spent in Taiwan running a sports company to creating a health and wellness company in San Francisco with his brother, Billy is always finding ways to positively impact those in his community. Tribe, the business they created together over three years ago, continues to find ways to pivot, roll with the punches, and operate as a successful business during these trying times. His success as an individual and as a businessman stem from healthy habits and a sense of resilience, which Billy shares with us during this week's episode. Thanks for joining us, Billy. Thanks for having me, London. I really appreciate it. How's it going in San Francisco? It's going well. You know, a little gloomy today, but it's all right. I, I felt like something last week. The weather just changed. Like Friday afternoon, boom, now cold fronts coming in. And uh, I think we might even get some rain this weekend. Oh, nice. Yeah. Here in, in uh, Central Valley, California, where I am too, we got a little drop in temperature. And it's like, now that I am, I've moved back to California from Austria, I feel like my Austrian layered up clothes, like that's doing the most, but I still, <laughs> I, I need like the, and I need the, uh, the middle ground jacket being here. Cause like the denim jacket's not going to cut it, but like the big snow and, you know, insulated guy is going to make me 
yeah, just kind of walk around looking like I'm looking for the snow. So it's kind of that yeah. in between. Is it fall? Is it winter phase? But um, right. I'm so excited that you're here to chat with us today on the podcast. And um, yeah, we have a lot to kind of go over and cover. And I, I know we have a lot of cool similarities and fun stories to share just when it comes to resilience and healthy habits and just continuing to show up despite, um, you know, the circumstances. And so I want to do, if it's okay for you, I want to do the like one to two minute fast forward of how we met and how we got to know each other and how we ended up here on this podcast. And then if I missed anything or you want to add something or whatever, then you can fill in the blanks. Does that sound cool? Let's do it. Okay, cool. So Billy and I met when we were like 15 or 16, or at least I was 15 or 16. Uh, I was in Cabo. We were in Cabo with our families. I was with my best friend, Allie. You were with your best friend as well at the time. And we were visiting, um, yeah, we were visiting the beautiful beaches of Cabo with our families. And we met, um, all met up, had fun, had a good time, um, became really good friends. And then I remember after that, we stayed in touch, me and Allie. And I think maybe it was just me and Allie, maybe another friend we went to go visit you and your friend in Roseville where you guys were living. And I'll never forget this trip because my dad had to pull out a map and we were like all getting in my car. We didn't have the Google maps didn't exist then. We didn't have like (laughs) GPS. God bless my dad for sending us out there with the map, you know? And uh, I remember he kind of like outlined like, this is where you go. And he called a friend and his friend was like, yeah, I make this drive a lot. So make sure at this point, she knows there's like a bridge with a toll or something like that. And so he like wrote it, you know, here's going to be the bridge. So make sure you have like your five bucks for the toll. And we just kind of like, yeah, went on a road trip, met up with you guys, had fun. And then later on you and I, we ended up living in Southern California, Newport beach area around the same time, hung out. Now you're in the fitness industry. You've lived abroad. We have like a lot of crossover and a lot of kind of similarities. And I just loved following both yours and your brother's journey and what you guys have done in your personal lives and in professional lives and things like that. But those are like, the key memories. It's like, I still call you Billy Mexico. Like if I, when I told my parents, I'm like, yeah, today I'm going to, today I'm going to interview Billy from Mexico on my podcast. They're like, oh yeah, remember him super tall basketball. Yeah. He was in Taiwan, did this. And like, we're going to talk about that today. And so it's just kind of funny. And then also I remember the map story. I'm like, I've known you as long as phones have, yeah, not existed with maps. Uh, we kind of did our little, our little journey that way. So that's kind of like the the quick two minute story of how we met. You nailed that. Um, let's start off by saying uh, your dad was a huge fan of me and vice versa. So there's no way he would have let you come visit had uh, had he not trusted me or anything. So um, yeah, that yeah, was that no, was a great super time. Cool, super cool. Yeah. Your family's amazing. I still remember that trip. Great time. Um, that was yeah. Every time we go back, I just I always a little piece of my memory clicks, and I'm like, oh yeah, that's where we met. It was really cool. So. I'm really glad to see everything that you're doing with uh, your career and your personal life and, and just glad to hear the family's doing well and everything. Uh, so yeah, let's, let's, let's jump into a little bit. I guess you left off uh, uh, right when you started, uh, right when you stopped there was uh, Taiwan, right? So I guess we can, we could pick up my story from there just a little bit um, where I moved after I graduated from college, I was personal training. So I was ready into the, into the fitness stuff and the wellness and I was saving up enough money to where I can move out into Southeast Asia and start you know, a little life and career out there. Uh, earned enough money, doing my own thing. Went out to Taiwan and about six months in, I uh, met some guys that graduated from the American school there and they were trying to start up a sports company. And so 
I went on board with them and we started this really cool sports company that is still out there. Still, it's still kicking ass. Um, about four years ago, I stepped away from it. Um, it was just my time to come back to, to America. Um, that in itself is a, one of those like, yeah, that in itself is a story um, that me and my brother have that was just amazing. He had, he had looked at me across the table and he's like, hey man, like the whole family misses you. We get it. You've been out there for over, you know, three and a half, four years. You're, you're successful, but like, you know, you're Italian. Time to come home to the family, right? You know? Uh, and I said, well, I'm not going to leave this successful business just to come home and do nothing. And he said, well, what are you looking, what are you looking to, you know, to do? Well, I'd love to get into finance. I'd love, like, I love numbers. I'd love that to just kind of maybe have a mentor. Everything I'm doing on Taiwan was very like me driven um, in terms of let's, let's just do it. Let's roll the ball let's, and then experience it. And if it doesn't work, we'll go again and we keep trying. But I had no one out there that was like teaching me things. Right. And that was something I feel like I was really missing um, straight from college was like a leadership role that I would, that I could look up to and really learn from. Uh, and so, you know, finance and a mentor, those are the two things that I needed, right? He comes back the next day and he's like, um, you should be careful what you wish for. I think I just got you a job interview. I said, what do you mean? He said, well, my client, he's 80 years old. He's the former New York exchange, like, uh, governor, all this stuff, stock exchange governor. He needs an assistant, uh, and the role's open. And I was like, okay, well, I asked for it. So, you know, you know, the universe is, uh, is kind of conspiring with me to, uh, to get me home. So I go in for the interview. I'd spent like two days trying to prep my resume to look at all, you know, flashy slide it across the table. And I get there. It's my first like real big interview after college, you know, and he just takes it and he throws it off, throws it on the floor. And he goes, I don't care about this. He goes, talk to me. And so right then I just had to use my skills and just talk to him, right? And so I'm like, oh, I don't think I got it, whatever. I go back to Taiwan and I get a call from them. And they're like, how soon can you start? It's like, um, I'm playing in a basketball tournament in China this weekend, but uh, I, can, I can get there next week. They're like, good, we'll see you on the first. And then I packed up my bags and two suitcases, moved home. And that's how my like, you know, career here in the US started. Um, which was, which was amazing. I always tell people, uh, everyone always, always like, how did you just pack your stuff up and leave and just do that? I said, well, mm -hmm. I asked for it. The universe presented it and checked if I really wanted it. And so I hopped on it. <laughs> yeah. I love that you said that. And I just, there's so many similarities, like same thing, two suitcases. I guess you came back with two suitcases. I came there with two suitcases, came back with two boxes, but went there with two suitcases and same thing. I like prayed on my hands and knees. I want a job that allows me to travel the world and explore the world and just be in a, in a location where I can travel and explore. And there were some opportunities that did present themselves that I thought was that answer, but it wasn't. And I was like, you know, you get frustrated because you're like, is that it? Is that it? Mm -hmm. But then when that opportunity came to move to Austria, I was like, oh yeah, I knew I've been asking for that. I've been, you know, uh, working towards that. So when it come, when it came, it was like, yeah, exciting, exhilarating, scary, all the things. Um, what would you you say, um, like was a few things, let's say like your top two things that made it the hardest to move abroad. I've shared a whole episode on the podcast about this, but what would you say were like the two things that were hardest about moving there and then also coming back? Like just some quick things that maybe come to mind. Totally. Um, <clears throat> in Taiwan, you know, like when you go to Mexico where we met, you at least, we learned a little bit of Spanish here in school, or you can at least learn, you know, you can see some words and whatnot that you can kind of like decipher if you don't really speak Spanish. Um, and still kind of get around a little bit. There's some things that you can do. When you go to Taiwan, everything is Chinese writing. Everyone speaks Mandarin. Very few are speaking English. And so 
I would say the biggest thing, um, I even spent, you know, almost a year in Mexico living there too, back in college. And so I would say the biggest two, the biggest, like the hardest thing was really, it wasn't so much like a cultural shock, but it was more so living your world only existed in about five feet around you. Because it like, if you look up down the street here in America or in Mexico, you can read signs and you understand them. But in a culture like that, where everything is Chinese writing and all of it doesn't make sense to you, your reality becomes smaller. And so you just kind of focus on the stuff that's around you. And every time you step outside your house, it's a new experience. Like anything could happen. You could get lost. You could, like, there's just so many things and there's no, like, you can't just stop and ask for directions. And so it was, I would say that was the biggest shock for me. And especially coming from someone who's very outgoing and had a lot of friends and then going to Taiwan where I had no friends, didn't, couldn't easily make them because you don't speak the language or read or any of this other stuff. Right. So that was the biggest shock there was that and just getting used to being okay. And I think that's what really helped me dive into myself and understand what like my calling is and what I'm really good at and whatnot and whatnot. Uh, and then I would say reverse culture shock coming back. I'm sure it's a term other people have thrown around, but it was really <clears throat> like getting used to America again and, and the stuff in the Bay area and, and, um, how easy life is. But then again, that that was something that was like so foreign to me. And so I had a lot of, uh, let's say growing pains in the first, you know, four or five months of, of working, getting back on my feet, showing up, um, and then still adjusting to everything around. Yeah, totally. Totally. And what do you think has been a major thing that you learned, um, just from experiencing different cultures and different things like that, um, outside of your own? Yeah. Definitely having an open mind and understanding for what other people are going through. Um, when you kind of, you know, if you live in a village and once you cross that river, whether that village is your own hometown, you finally move out of it, or whether it's America and you move out, you start to experience other people, other culture, other religion, other foods, other like just issues that people are going through. And it really opens up your heart and mind um, to really just be empathetic uh, with other people. So when, so now when anyone, any of my clients are going through things and they're like kind of spilling their heart to me, there's, there's rarely any judgment coming from me. I mean, obviously I'll catch myself and I try to reel that in, but at the same time, that's what all that prepped me for. It's like, yeah, that's, that's life. Like you're going through stuff and, and I'm here to just hold space for you. Uh, yeah, so. totally. Yeah, that that like you said, just kind of learning from conversations, experiences, dinners with just like kind of that that variety there. Uh, I really appreciated mm -hmm. about living abroad and uh, traveling a lot, and just kind of yeah, being cool and more comfortable with being around people who think differently than you, who um, yeah, live differently than you, who just a lot of things differently than you. Yeah. And I kind of grew to crave that, and that's been a little bit of a hard thing for me in 2020 as well. Is yeah, even though I've enjoyed this time, um, you know, being alone, tuning in, whatever I just really miss. I'm like, oh yeah, those experiences with people that I just sometimes didn't understand, but I just loved it. And it was a beautiful kind of process. And so, yeah, big one there. Um, okay. So when you came back to San Francisco and you had this executive position, and then I guess you ended up leaving it at some point because you created a tribe with your brother. So what did that transition kind of look like and, um, feel like for you? Yeah. So, um, we kind of sat down, we had this idea for tribe, um, which is a physical location studio down in North beach. You've been to it. Wonderful. Um, yeah, great workout you know, there. Love that. <laughs> Love your guys's gym and vibe and everything. It's like, yeah, the way that it was and the way that you guys lead, it's like exactly that spirit that I love when I train. So it was awesome. Loved it. 
We loved having you. Um, since you've been there, we actually expanded to another floor in there and we have a personal training studio only up top, which is really cool. So Dope. can't um, wait to see so, it. Yeah. So rewind just a little bit. Uh, I had to, I knew, I, I knew the business wasn't ready for me to completely take on, you know, like when you're starting a business, there's not, there's not many rev, there's not much revenue. Um, you know, you have a upfront cost. So Nick and I dumped all our literally our life savings into tribe and i think that's one of the reasons why we have such passion for it as well as we didn't have you know uh, any funding we didn't get a bank loan we didn't do anything it was literally just our own money and then down in there sweat and tears and just you know of course arguments of course laughter of course fun all the emotions have been in that studio um and that's why it's just it's it's a place that's dear to us now that we really try to hold on to. And when you step into it or another member steps into it, they feel welcome. They feel part of a family because that's that's what happens inside of a household. That's how besides inside of a tribe, really. Um, and so, but when we first started out, I was working a full time job and we were in finance. So you got to be up at the crack of dawn for the market. If, for those of you who don't know, the market opens up at six thirty in the morning Pacific time, uh, and so you got to be in the office like five thirty, five forty five. And so I'm in the office, I'd work until about 4 or 5 p.m. And then I'd beeline right over to Tribe. I'd take about a 20-minute snooze. I'd sleep on the hardwood floor that's in there in the studio, wake up and get ready to teach back-to-back classes and then clean the studio. And we'd get out of there at like 9, 10 p.m. And I'd wake up, I'd go home and like shower and eat, you know, slam some food down and wake up at 5 in the morning, do it all over again. And that lasted for about five or six months, I'd say, until finally we could grow Tribe to enough revenue to where I was comfortable with saying, okay, our trajectory is going up. I can now step away from all this time that is being absorbed from finance to now apply it to Tribe so I can like, so I can, you know, further the business. And that, and that was a hard, and that was a hard leap. It was like, when do you make that leap? Um, and so, but it just felt right. It felt good. I knew that's where I wanted to be. I knew that's where my passion was really taking me. And I've used all my finance skills now to apply it to Tribe and how we run the business. Mm-hmm. Yeah, it's always kind of that that launch pad onto that next thing or you learn something for that next spot. And I love that you asked that that million dollar question. It's like, when do you take the leap? You know, like when, you know, I don't think I have a specific answer for that, but I know it's like when you have that feeling and you've had it for a while, it's Mm -hmm. kind of like been time, you know what I mean? Like it's time to just go there. And so with that being said, you knew that, okay, that five to six month period, that was going to be that grind. You probably didn't know like, okay, the exact time limit. Maybe you said, I'm giving myself six months, whatever, but you knew it was only temporary there. And you really had to show you what you're made of. So what would mm-hmm. be like some of the key habits and routines, um, just like quick fire that you were like, okay, I always made sure I did this, 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 and this. And this was like, what really helped me be able to crush it and serve with excellence during that time. Yeah, the biggest thing is setting up your morning for success. Um, I really try not to, and I've, you know, everyone's done it in the past, but just kind of roll out of bed and just try to roll into a meeting and start your day without ever like taking time to just focus on yourself. Just hitting that pause button and just saying, all right, am I functioning well today? What, what's going on, right? And so I do that by having a morning smoothie every single morning. Um, and when I have the time, a cup of coffee with it, a nice little uh, latte, you know, mm-hmm. if we need one. Um, so I, I, that smoothie sets me up. I've, I've, I have a smoothie recipe that I've, I've used for a long time. What um, is it? I Tell find, us. We want to know. So 
What is it? We need. What so, is it? Tell uh, us. I love, I love, I love getting the greens. So either you're going to get spinach or kale to throw in there. About if you're going for weight loss, I'm not. So I go for a whole banana. If you want a weight loss, I would go a little less on the on the sugar with the fruit there. Um, some mixed berries tossed in there. Some chia seeds or flax seeds for a little bit of the. the uh, healthy, healthy fats there as well. And then, uh, vanilla unsweetened almond milk. You can do about four ounces and then water, or just go the full eight ounces if you want. Um, and then some whey protein that is okay with me because my stomach is fine with whey. I know some people don't, you know, have some gut issues when it comes to that. Um, I substitute it with collagen protein as well sometimes, uh, or some vegetable, uh, some veggie protein. So that all, that all kind of shifts around with what I'm doing. Sometimes if I want it more sugary, I'll put a couple of dates in there just to kind of chew and feel some, feel some love from that. Um, but I just find that that energizes me. My stomach feels better. It sets me up and sets my day up for success versus rolling out of bed, either not eating and just going straight to coffee and kind of being jittery. Or if I have a big like physical breakfast meal, I don't feel as well and energized either. So it's something that I've kind of, I, I always have my nutrition clients do it too, is really, you know, jot down, how do you feel before you eat a specific food? And then how do you feel after? After, and, yes. And that, and this is always People like, be going to sleep after good. lunch and you're like, yeah. uh, that is not how it goes, friends. But <laughs> you think that's what's supposed to happen. And you're like, no, but I love exactly. that. You say, yeah, not but only before, like, were you hungry going in this meal, ravenous, whatever, but then after. So yeah, you said your morning mm-hmm. routine and then quality nutrition, would those be like the top two or what would be the other major like non-negotiables during that crunch time? Exercise, no matter, no matter what it was exercise. Um, and then the other one would be surrounding yourself with, with friends and family, surrounding yourself with, with a community of people who, um, not only believe in the same things you do, but also then push you outside your boundaries and your own beliefs and stuff like that. So that really challenge you, um, to push you forward in your career and push you forward and and just your thinking and all that. Uh, it's always important to have your close group of mm-hmm. friends that you just like hit it off with, uh, which my brother is one of them, but it's also important to have people that are, you know, that are really just going to drive you and, and help step you outside that boundary and grow, grow your network and grow all that. So I think those are all my non-negotiables for sure. So nutrition, exercise, and then community. Yeah. I love that. It's very, yeah. 360. We always like, or what's that one thing, you know, that's going to do it. It's like, well, it's really paying enough attention and balancing a few different key things that are really going to matter. Non-negotiables, like you said, um, super important. So then, um, with tribe and you said working with your brother, he, you guys are super close, uh, mm-hmm. built this gym, beautiful, gorgeous. Now it's expanding, which makes me happy and excited. But I know that 2020, you guys were like, figuring out, okay, how do we take this to the next level? How do we continue to grow and serve and provide value? And so what was that like in terms of, I know people listening here, we all had to make changes and pivot in our lives in different ways. We've also had to pivot around family. So a lot of us are like doing home office and whatever. So you were working with your family before then doing, you know, more, more uh, excavation for figuring out this pivot in your business with, with family. And so what were some learnings there that you, um, now, you know, in this, in the thick of it, it's thick, you know, and you're like, it's, it's hard, but now looking back, I'm sure there's a lot of, uh, amazing progress you made. And so what were some learnings there? Yeah, it's, uh, I think it still comes back to empathy and understanding of what other people are going through. Um, and just reminding ourselves of that is, is, 
everybody is struggling right now or going through their own stuff and not to take anything personal from it, but to really just put your best foot forward because you can focus on your health, your wellness, and how you respond to situations um, versus always being defensive or like what or, or whatnot. So I think the biggest learning that I had as, as a person there was was really that it was I felt like life, you know, schooling, friends, what your parents teach you, culture, religion, whatever. None of that, no book was about COVID-19 you know, and what was going to happen in 2020. There was nothing, all the self-help books, there was nothing out there that was going to prep us for what was going on as a society and then what was going on inside of us. And I felt like everybody was just like learning as they go and we still are. And so you can't take things personal when people are just trying their best. They really are just doing the best they can with the tools that they have and what they've already learned and experienced in life. And we're all on different pages. And I think the best thing to do is just understand that and be empathetic and hold space for people and then continue to shine and be that light for others that need, that need it. So that uh, on a personal level, absolutely. That's what I've learned over this. Um, and we apply that to the business, everything, you know, the business is just reflection. And I'm a firm believer that all businesses are just reflection of the owners. Sometimes you walk into a restaurant, you can just feel the energy is kind of like sticky and muddy. And it's like, Oh, well, the owner's either never there or, or sour in the corner, or you walk into a place and they're like, Hey, and the owner's there, you know, you've all been to those Italian places. They're like, Hey, hey how you doing? You know, that's the place you want to be a part of. That's what's fun. So tribe is just truly a reflection of us. Um, and we, you know, just like all businesses, we really went through a hard, hard time in the beginning. We just in January, we had expanded, doubled our rent and overhead cost and expanded to a second floor because we were doing so well. And then all of a sudden, boom, COVID hits. And here we are with closures. I mean, we're still only allowed to open at 25% capacity right now. And so it's eight months later. So we were like, okay, what do we do? We immediately two days into COVID, we launched virtual classes and we were on reaching our community. We were like, now more than ever, people need us. People need their tribe. They need their community. They want to see friends, all this stuff. So we started doing that. We started hosting like happy hour yoga classes with a DJ that we would invite. The DJ would perform over the class. And then we did happy hour after the class, really trying to build community, uh, even through all the, the hard times and stuff. Um, with that, uh, the biggest thing for me and the biggest moment was sitting here thinking like, I don't know how we're going to pay for rent. I don't know what we're going to do. Right. And, and just feeling beaten up uh, from all aspects, like you've just given it your all as hard as you can. And uh, the biggest moment for me was Shale Sandberg, the, the uh, CEO of Facebook posted about me and Nick and tribe and the great work that we were doing over at tribe. And it was just, that moment was such a record, just special to my heart that like other people and other executives and an executive of Facebook is taking note at what this small business in San Francisco is doing to stay in tune with their community and just try to push through hard times. And I remember just breaking down crying just right, right when I saw the post, I just started crying and it was so emotional for me. Um, but I, it was like, you know, it's almost feeling like recognized. Like you've been seen. And it was so, it was so nice to feel that. Um, and then I just try to remember that feeling and apply it to my clients as well. And the feeling I was so happy is because I was seen, I was recognized. I was, I felt like someone cared and was, and so I try to resemble that right back to all my clients in our community that they are all cared about. They're all seen. They're all, you know, they're all special. Yeah, that's exactly what I was going to say. That's what community is all about is seeing, you know, seeing each other and seeing ourselves in each other and having that. Uh, kind of group experience there. And so, yeah, I think it's so great. I mean, I've been around you guys in, um, 
you and your brother in person a bunch and stuff too. And I can only imagine the vibe and some of that exciting, you know, um, just feelings of possibility and opportunity you guys were able to bring to that. So I'm super excited. Um, for, for you guys and for what you've been able to do. And like you said, there's always a, a way to a possibility to find a way. And then even while being at 25% capacity or whatever, being able to do kind of that hybrid thing and, um, you know, pivot in a sticky time. And so I, um, I've been talking about this a lot and this is a really common theme that I just, I've been thinking about a lot when it comes to 2020 and I just kind of want your input on it there. And, um, we can kind of close it and people can figure out how they can get connected and work out and train with you guys. But, um, I really, you know, when it comes to fitness and it comes to personal training and it comes to all that stuff that we learn in the beginning, you always learn the foundations, which is like balance and stability training, rotational movement, the proprioceptively enriched environments, balancing on a BOSU ball. And, you know, you learn all of that so we can get all of our muscles working together so that we can really, really, you know, um, be able to, yeah, execute and work at a really, really high level and get everybody like all the muscles come into the table so we can prevent injury, improve, uh, improve performance, and then like take it to those higher exercises and those higher levels there. And so, um, but what, to me, it's like, I feel like a lot of that stuff is not taught in our own kind of, like you said, no self-help book, nothing could have prepared us for like what 2020 was and how we really had to like pivot and turn. And so I really think like, yeah, you know, we're really teaching those foundations and fitness, which helps with any rotational movement, preventing injury, you know, really rooting our feet down into the earth, into the dirt or whatever, if you will, mm-hmm. and pivoting and making that like in your stance, you're like, that was my, my, um, you know, my healthy nutrition, my morning smoothie, like my tribe and my people that really like rooted me down and enabled uh, me to kind of pivot there. And so I think of it from kind of that perspective a little bit more because it's really, really, um, yeah, the way that I kind of learn and think really comes from that athletic perspective. And I know you do too, and you have a fitness background. So for me, it's kind of like, I feel like things are a little bit backwards. We're teaching people just to like, yeah, be comfortable and everything's like certain and positive and whatever. It's like, no, we got to prepare for those pivot moments, those hard movements and get ourselves in those uncomfortable situations regularly, whatever that looks like for us. So then when those tough times come out, really show you what you're made of transition an offline business to online move from a country to another country, whatever you're called to that next step, you have those tools, you know, with that, does that make sense to you? Does that kind of resonate with you? A hundred percent. Yeah. Oh, a hundred percent. Yeah. And it's very important. Um, you know, the tools that we have in our, in our metaphorical toolbox, um, sometimes you don't have the tool in there to handle a situation that's currently happening, but you know, as life happens, you, you gain tools, right. Um, and, or you sharpen old rusty ones that you haven't used in a while to, mm-hmm. to, to get you through a situation. But some of uh, metaphor that I love is, is thinking of a hurricane, right. And you're like, when, when life is swirling around you, when everything feels like it's out of control and work is doing this, boss is doing this, you know, your spouse, your kids, whatever, all of a sudden you got this plate of just loaded stuff that's just swirling. Do you get caught up in the swirl or can you be the eye of that hurricane? Can you be centered? Do you have the tools that allow you to ground yourself and then think clearly? And everyone knows the eye of the storm is actually the calmest place. And so can you be that eye of the storm when life starts to swirl? Mm -hmm. And I think that starts with habits uh, you know, whether it's meditation, breath work, uh, fitness, nutrition, you know, just anything like that, any type of things that you, you can do that are going to help you get through daily stuff, not only today, but then also for tomorrow, what might come. 
Yep. Totally. Totally. And that's just kind of the, like I said, I just wanted to share that with you and have that be on ears of someone who kind of maybe thinks this, not want to say thinks the same way, but has a similar training and background because like, like you said, it's nice to have those metaphors and those analogies and thinking like, okay, am I caught up in the storm right now, London? Are you going to be the I? And sometimes it takes that moment of like, not just pivoting in life for our bodies, but pivoting in our mindset and what we're thinking and telling ourselves to amongst this storm. So, so thankful that you were able to come on and share a lot of your, uh, experience and story there. I mean, you guys are just so relentless, you and your brother. I think that's a great word to describe you guys. Um, and just, yeah, it's been a pleasure watching you guys grow and still is. So where can people find you and connect with you? Um, and I know you have a little freebie offer for everybody listening. So where can they take advantage of connecting with you guys further? Yeah, they can visit us on our website at tribefitsf.com. Uh, that's fitsf.com. Uh, and, or they can email me at contact at tribefitsf.com. Email me directly and I'll set you up with a 10 day free plan here. Uh, we have a ton of different virtual classes from yoga to meditation to fitness to a combination class. And we'll set you up with an accountability coach as well that makes sure that goes over your, your goals uh, and, and that you're showing up to class, which is the important part where we all need. Love it. Thank you so much for that gift. That's so valuable and so awesome. I'll put all of the links and email and everything in the description and show notes. So that way, if you guys um, are looking at it later, you can just check back there. So thank you, Billy. I hope you have a great rest of, of your day and all the best in San Francisco. Always rooting for you. And I can't wait to come back into your gym and get my sweat on with you and your brother and the rest of your team. Thanks so much, London. Appreciate thank it. And you. Thanks for having me. Bye. Bye-bye. Thank you so much for listening to this episode of Self Love and Sweat, the podcast. Hey, do me a favor. Wherever you're listening to this podcast, give us a review. This really helps a lot. And share this with a friend. I'm only one person, and with your help, we can really spread the message of self love and sweat and change more lives all around the world. I'm London Souza, reminding you that you deserve a life full of passion, presence, and purpose fueled by self-love and sweat. This podcast is a HitSpot Austria production.